Hello and welcome to another episode of Whip Chat Podcast. My name is Christian and this week we are interviewing Blake Gorey. And on this episode, we had some technical difficulties at the very beginning, but I have a special treat for the audio podcast listeners. You guys get to listen to about 15 minutes or so that I thought was lost to technology. I was able to recover part of the the data that was lost. I don't have the video, but we did get some audio. So you guys will be treated to a brief discussion about uh, several things that you don't get to hear uh, in the video podcast. I tried my best to repeat some of it and ask some of the same questions, but it just doesn't flow quite the same way the second time around. And you'll be able to hear that as you move into the show. This extra bonus content, if you will, this recovered conversation will be placed at the end of the episode. So be sure to stick around and listen for that. But we'll go ahead and get the show started with the second take, as you'll hear. And with that, let's welcome Blake Gorey. Hello and welcome to another episode of Whip Chat. My name is Christian and this week we are joined by Blake Gorey. Hello Blake and welcome to the show for the second time. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Again. Again, yes. What, what our viewers and listeners don't realize is that we had a bit of a technical difficulties a few minutes ago, and we're having to restart the recording. So thank you for your patience, sir. And uh, yeah, the, so Blake is, if our listeners don't know, is the craftsman behind SmokyMountainWhips.com. He is the one that creates the amazing snake snake looking whips not snake whips which is a type of type of whip but whips that <laughs> look like one. snake heads snakes eating eggs and they are absolutely stunning truly an unsurpassed craftsman thank you Blake is also a musician and has an art background having gone to the school of the Savannah College of Art and Design and uh, you mentioned on your website, I, I didn't mention this earlier on our first take, but you said that you're, one of your favorite parts of the job is bringing that childlike smile to people's faces when they get their custom whips made. That, that must really Definitely. really be, be special, especially when you're trying to bring your art into the world and you put your heart and soul, but I'm sure, into your music as well as into your, your, your whip making. T- tell me about what, is, what does that feel like? Uh, what when I make when, when someone gets a big smile? Yeah, on their when you face, see that smile on someone's face, you said it's your favorite part. Uh, yeah, because I mean, I feel like uh, you know, I'm basically a toy maker. I'm a big kid toy maker, and um, I make. Well, I mean, for little kids too. Not many little kids like order, you know, very yeah. expensive kangaroo leather whips. Um, these days, although a lot of them do have a lot of more money than I did when I was a kid, uh, right? But, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just uh, bringing out the. I'm basically a big kid. I mean, bringing out the the, the childlike joy. You know, <laughs> right? It, you know, it's and people are like, you know. It's not a it's not a toy, it's a tool, you know, I'm a man. If you're talking thing. to TSA, it's, it's definitely like, a tool. 
So, and but you know, when they get a whip and they're you know, they're that little childish, like you know, um, enthusiasm, I, you know, it's like you, you can't deny it, but anyways, I, I, a, I guess, that, yeah, I had a guy, a customer that was a He's a farmer, uh, a farmer, cowhand. He he has sure, a in rancher. Te- farmer in Texas. Are you uh, sure? Can you can you believe it? We have a <laughs> have a rancher here, and he has a bunch of cattle. And um, he was probably three fifty, six eight, big old boy. And he came over. He Everything's got bigger in Texas. Uh, he he certainly <laughs> applies. And he picked up one of the whips, and we went out in the yard, and he was trying some out. And I swear, he screamed like a little girl the first time he cracked it. It was. It was so excited. Yeah, <laughs> it made it made it yeah, all. So you you got to um, like deliver it to him in person. Yeah, he actually yeah. came here to the shop and he saw all the all the stuff in in, in person. Awesome. Yeah, I've, I, yeah, that happens sometimes with me. Sometimes local people will come and, and pick up their whips. Um, uh, usually, the first time, if I don't know them, I'll meet them at a, you know. Yeah, look right, right by the police department. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, but, uh, you know, you never know these days. Can't be too careful. Very but true. Um, yeah, so, so every now and then I get to like hand deliver one, and like you get to actually see that. Rarely do people. I really wish people would make the unboxing videos. I love the unboxing videos, but people, you really um, like it's you know. You, a lot of times on Etsy, they'll like leave a review and have like a picture of it after, you know, it's unboxed and stuff. But uh, yeah. for anybody who's watching, make those unboxing videos because uh, it helps us and we love it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, that's certainly something to do. And and I guess as a whip maker too, when I buy them from other people, I should do the same thing. I'm so excited. I open yeah, it on the front too, porch. Actually, yeah. I don't, yeah. I should do that too. I haven't done that. <laughs> I should take my some my own medicine. Right. Um I mean, speaking of being being creative and being that, that toy maker, um I mentioned this earlier and we, we talked about it briefly, but I, I think you made some really good points about that creative process. The actually I'm gonna bring up your bring up the page here. So our listeners, our audio only listeners will have to have to switch over to video or, or go over to smokymountainwhips.com and see what we're looking at. So we're looking at here a picture of one of your Pytho signature whips, this beautiful snake eating another snake that's at the, the Yeah, transition. that was the first one. The first, yeah. Th- this is one actually, was, this was the one that won in LA, right? In 2020, 2019? Yeah, in 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely beautiful can you talk about a little bit about your creative process uh similar to what you you mentioned earlier that no one else heard um where you're h- how you how you come up with these sort of things what what, what your vision is uh or, or about this in particular yeah let's see what, what did i say well it's okay just um, how did you how did oh, you yeah. make this how did you invent this <laughs> i guess for me um Maybe I didn't say this earlier, but I have what the doctors call an overactive brain. <laughs> and um, I can relate. And uh, I have to go to a therapist and stuff and take medication for it. But I don't sleep very much, um, and I think way too much. And when I get some, an idea in my head where I'm like, I think I can do this, and it, there's like a, it's like. 
a journey that you make of like, I think I can do this till I can actually do it. And then a little bit further to make it work, you know, and look good, you know, um, there's that aspect of it too. So it's definitely, uh, kind of like a, a mountain that you have to climb and then come back down from it and be like, this is what I, these are the tablets that I took, <laughs> right. the that I took from the, and then put them in the ark and make an Indiana Jones movie about it. <laughs> right. I don't know. But, um, yeah, so for, it's just, uh, just a lot of hard work. It's honestly, but it's a, I think who said this, I can't remember. It might've been Einstein. It's like 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I could believe it with this. Th- these are amazing. I think so. Those, uh, the ones on the left there went to Daniel Corbill up in, um, Canada. And then the ones on the right, uh, for, for Adam Winrich at, at 2020 WhipCon, he like he liked the design, but he wanted stock whips, and he, sort of, he came up with that sort of design where it's on the, the grip of the stock whips. Yeah, wow. So I think those came out a little bit, a little bit nicer. I kind of like perfected the design a little bit more, and it, and it keeps like going through. Like Daniel wanted me to make like dragon heads. People are always like, "Can you make a rat head like Todd Rex?" Or this guy recently was like, "Can you make a horse head?" And I was like, "No," uh, but if you squint, like, it is a horse head. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that that's awesome. Uh, you earlier you showed um, uh, a piece that you were working on with some ideas in nylon. If you could bring that out again, that was where you work on various oh, ideas. Right. Um, I, I think that's instructive for other people that are working on um, new things here. So yeah, here, so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, like. I feel like I can see things in my head and see things pretty well. But when you're working in the third dimension, especially with like so many different like strings and strands, whatever, yeah, yeah, like it's really hard to like wrap your mind around it. So you have to like make prototypes or I do anyways, I draw pictures, do prototypes, mm-hmm. figure out what's going to work. Cause I mean, I wouldn't want to go through the trouble to like make a whole whip if I wasn't sure if like one little thing wasn't going to work. So make sure to get that little thing to work. And, you know, like, I mean, a lot of people, it's like always practice your knots, you know? Yeah. I used to like just constantly practice my knots, my oh, knots yeah. around everything nice. like this. And, um, I still, still do, uh, that I used to just tie them or practice by tying them around my finger. Yeah. Um, make little, bring knots with them. Don't tell my yeah, boss, I, is, I may have had a strand of kangaroo in my pocket all day today for that reason. <laughs> I, think, I think I always have strands of kangaroo in my pocket. Um, uh, thank you. And uh, yeah, this, this, so the Adam has some whips where I did this interweave where I, I get, tried to, it's like I had to figure this out with nylon because I'd never seen anyone do this. And it's kind of like similar to a uh, grapevine hitch, but uh, it's like strands going this way and then there's one strand spiraling around that way. And then this part like actually is interwoven with that. It's basically just a flat strand crocodile ridge braid. Um, so yeah, this, there's a lot of this going on. Um, I'm like trying to figure things out. It's like a problem and it drives me crazy. If I can't figure it out, I'll like lose sleep over it and have nightmares (laughs) remaking the thing over and over and over again. 
Whoa, for it's real. Like, doing it in my dreams, I might as well just wake up and go in my <laughs> work room and do it in real life, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's that's <clears throat> wild. I can certainly see how, how you've worked through this. You have a half the prototypes are in real life and half of them are in your dreams. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Did it take you a long time to, to work through some of these designs? Um, uh. Yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of ones that just didn't work, too. I probably have, like, at least 20 different designs for the snakehead mm -hmm. of different ways that it can work. And I know, I feel like I want to make it look more real and more like a real-looking snakehead. And I can do that, but the problem is, is it's not very functional. Like, I, I don't know if uh -huh. I can trust it. I want to make sure that it's going to, you know, right on the transition area on a whip that's a very integral area of the whip you know you right. want that area to be so i want to make sure that it's solid and it's not going to go anywhere um because like if that messes up you know a whip is totaled pretty much i mean you'd have to completely take it apart and like put the whole thing back together again you know like humpty dumpty but um i see so, on yeah. one though you did a black and white one here actually i'm going to switch back to this i ask you about it um Oops. Dude. Oh yeah, that was one of the early ones. So that's so, one of the ones where I was like, "Well, it's not. It's just like a, a beauty coat. It's just like a, it doesn't even need to be there." That's my snake, Thomas. Oh um, yeah. And uh, so it's kind of like I haven't done too many like that because I really feel like I don't know. It doesn't look as good. Um, but it, you can't really see what's going on there, but it, it, there is more under over like diamond pattern on, on the head part. And a lot of people ask for that, but it really just doesn't work as good as the other. So that first one or that red and black, like, Oh yeah, that looks, looks like one. the indie almost. The young Yeah. Guy. That was the first one I made and I didn't. So <laughs> that went, uh, it was like a prize that I sent to Peter Gamble in England for some sort of uh, juggling and whip uh, festival they had or competition. And so that was a prize for one of the winners. And um, so that was the first time I ever did it on a whip and I actually like glued the head on to the handle. Oh, so, okay. But, um, but I really did. I was like, I don't really don't like to use glue as like a, a main, mm -hmm. maybe a reinforcement, but um, not like a, you know, a main holding method. So, right. um, yeah, so I developed, like, I tried to figure it go. out, this shows figure it out like, did like, did like things. And that's one of the ones where there's more under over and like, and that it looks cool, but I can't like braid it too tight. So, and you want it really tight, right? All right. Right there on the transition, you know? Yeah. So, so I'm still like, you know, doing like trying different things and I have plans to do something, um, a little bit more crazy. I don't want to talk about it too much. Oh yeah. Uh, Surprises. Um, save. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I asked you earlier also about uh, what you do as far as your, your education. And, and you mentioned some of the, um, the rawhide work that you had seen online. Um, mm -hmm. Do you feel like that's inspired you quite a bit as well? That there's some amazing stuff there. Really tiny. Oh stuff. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I wish I could do some of that stuff. Maybe someday, and I, I've done a little bit of like a, just a rawhide knotting, and um, mm -hmm. see, I don't know if I have anything around. Oh yeah, 
Um, so, uh, there's a little bird nest. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Just like rawhide trimmings. And then this is a little. Oh, yeah. Actually, hang on. Uh, rawhide egg. Wow. There. That's impressive. Um, My goodness. Yeah, that took <laughs> way too much time. <laughs> wow. Untying it and retying it and then. And starting all over again. And That's all so. one strand? Uh, right. I think so. Wow. That's... I, I think there might have been... I don't remember, honestly. There might have been an, an, some interweaves that I, I had to do. But I think it's one long strand. It was a very, very long strand, if I recall. That's like so a, cool. It might have been like twenty feet long or something. Are there some skills that that you're wanting to like? You've identified that you're trying to learn that you're you're wanting to develop in specifically here. The the raw hiding. Well, raw hide or or whip making in general, or just any any category. But yeah, let's talk uh, about the raw hide skills. Well, I'm actually it's kind of exciting to me. Um, I ordered some paracord for the first time in a very long time. Yeah, and I'm going to be making some. Uh, performance hybrid whips uh, because I realized like I don't have like my, my customer base I don't have any performer hardly any performers mm. ordering right because most of them have gone to um, you know synthetics these days um, and uh, yeah I have plans to do a performance hybrid whip that has the pythos like snake head on the end so I'm gonna try it out like with your your hitch and and all all your different unique things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I figured out like how to do that, and I think I can make it work. I got some carbon fiber rods, um, and uh, I think I think I like the way the carbon fiber looks a little bit better than the CPVC. Um, yeah, but uh, I feel like it's kind of light. But so that yeah, there's that. I'm getting back into to nylon because. Um, well, I don't know. I do like making the really fancy stuff, but I have to save them for like, you know, I can't do those all the time. I have to kind of break it up and I don't make a whole lot of money off the really fancy whips. I make more money off the cheaper whips because they're easier to make and I, you know, um, could follow a formula and just you know, three foot snake whip, you know, make one in like four hours. But um, Nice. Nice. That, that's uh, a pretty fast turnaround. Um, you know, and, you know, that's... You just, off stuff like that, unfortunately, you know, you just make end up making more money off of it. You know, if I work on um, like a, a set of stock whips uh, that are pretty fancy, it might end up taking me like two weeks, or you know, at least or probably ten days. I don't know, depending on how fancy they are and stuff. But um, I mean, that might be a couple thousand dollars, yeah. right? Or are we talking? I don't. I mean, uh, I guess it depends on. But yeah, well, I don't know. Like, it'd probably be more like you know. I guess it depends on how fancy, but like twelve to fourteen hundred, like six, seven hundred dollars a whip. And um, but yeah, you know, for something that takes you like two weeks, you you figure cost of materials and um, you know, taxes, Uncle Sam, and everything. And right. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's you're making less than five hundred dollars a week. You know, yeah, that, your hourly rate same. there is probably not very good either. So, I yeah, so I mean, it's a love of the labor. We don't really do this for the money. I mean, um, <laughs> right? It's not, it's I'm not, it's not like that. 
I, was <laughs> I knew that from the very beginning, so I knew what I was getting into. Yeah, yeah. I think I think most whipmakers would uh, they do understand that. Uh, I was talking to Chris Wright uh, this week as well. His podcast mm-hmm. is coming soon as well. I'm getting it edited now, but we Can't talked wait. quite a bit about um, the business side of things and how they're trying mm-hmm. to figure out the uh, how to do that. Um, do you feel like yeah. that's that is a struggle to balance the you know like your hourly rate and you know, being able to eat versus being able to make beautiful art, starving artists for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's, it's also, you know, just having all the materials that you need to have on hand and keep keeping them in stock and keeping the leather in stock. Like I just placed a leather order and it just like broke my bank completely, you know, pretty much. Ouch. <laughs> so now I just have a, it's like, oh, you know, whatever. It's always like, oh, I can make more stuff and make more money. So it's not that, you know, super big of a deal. But um, I'm the type of person, my I prefer like a more simple, like bohemian lifestyle. And I have a pretty low cost of living. So it ends up working out for me. And it beats working in the service industry where like you work so much and it takes up so much of your energy. Yeah, yeah. You don't have any energy to like do anything fun when you get off. And, you know, so it's just worked in the service industry for a long time and sure I had hobbies, but I feel like I never like really work on anything, you know, uh, enough to like get really, really good at it when I was um, doing that because it's just, uh, when you're not working you just kind of want to chill or party, you know, but, um, so it's working in the service industry. It's kind of like, it's really hard to get out of in a way, you know, right. People just end up doing it their whole lives because it's really hard to find the time to like, get good at something or go back to school and learn it, you know, something else, you know, like for me, like I went to school for illustration, which basically mm-hmm. became obsolete while I was going to school. Oh no. And, um, you did digital art you mean, or, uh, no, I was, I don't like computers all that much. I'm more of like a, um, hands-on kind of person. I was like, you know, actually drawing things and stuff. That's what you mean by it was when obsolete, just that it, it shifted into the digital realm? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and plus, people don't read books anymore. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, books with pictures, though, if, if more, that's what I was thinking, is we need more books with pictures. And, uh, you know, maybe people will read more. But um, the only people who read illustrated books are kids, you know, so there's, there's a market for yeah. that, for a child's, you know, um, for children's books. I mean, the graphic but, novels I mean, are pretty popular too, if you're the right author. Yeah. It's a graphic novel. That's a whole nother field. Uh, it, that's a field within of, in itself. It's, and, you know, um, yeah, that's, that's a, yeah, there definitely is, but even that has become pretty much almost all computerized at this point. Like it's all like a lot of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, not all of it, but the computers do like most of the, the, the hard work. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know, I guess I just decided that I didn't want to be an artist anymore. Um, or try to try to be an artist anymore. Um, I, I don't know. And, From the uh, looks so, of these whips, I'd say you yeah. still are. Well, thank you. Um, I, you know, I try to kind of like make it as, make them as artistic as possible. Um, but you know, it's still something like, it's like a, something that you can hold. And it's not like a piece of art where it's like, it stays on a wall and you know, yeah. Oh, I look at it 
every now and then. But with a whip, it's like something that, you know, it's like got a life of its own, or it, I say that it comes to life in the hand of its user. So, I like that. I, I like that a lot. Uh, do you ever have any desire to, I mean, if there was an industry or a, a market for it, to, to write a book or illustrate a book or something like that? Do you have that in the back of your mind? Oh, my God. It's such a, it's so much hard work. I started writing a book about my um, how to do the things that I do. No, oh, everyone's wow. like Everyone's always asking me, tell me how to do the snakehead. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I'm writing a book and you have to buy it. Um, but... Uh, it's so much hard work and I just, uh, maybe one day, but for now I kind of just decided that <clears throat> I kind of like being the only person doing it, but, um, I really want to teach people how to do it because I, I have seen people doing it and a lot of times it looks pretty good, but sometimes it doesn't look so good. And I, I'd re really like prefer if they're going to do it, um, for you know them to do it well, right, 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 right. I know that your your heel knots have always been an inspiration for me. Um, it's what I put a lot of work into trying to figure out how to close up <laughs> a knot on the bottom. Um, mm -hmm. So, so thank you for for that inspiration. Um, oh, that yeah. mine are not anywhere near. You mean, you mean uh, on the handle? Yeah, on the handle. Just the, the like the like the foundation peaks out a little bit. Right, so instead of, let me see, I, I have one here. Actually, it was the same one that uh, Adam had in one of his videos. Had in one of his videos. Let me switch to full screen. So here's a, a stock whip handle that I made. And just make it close around the end. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah, oh, on that side. Yeah, okay. Right. So yeah. instead of leaving it open, like you would do with a, an indie mm -hmm. whip with this, a 5x4, or, or mm -hmm. e e raising it up, doing the, the interweave to... Bring it around the end. Yeah, I remember when when Adam like made a post about that. Like some like he learned how to do it, and then he taught everyone how to do it. And I think you made a little video of you doing it or something. I, I'll be proud yeah. to say that my video came out before he started saying all that. So. <laughs> oh really? Oh, okay, wow. <laughs> Just barely. My, I was my like, timeline's messed up. No, it, it was it was super. It was all kind of within within the same year. Mm -hmm. All that happened, but uh, eh, maybe, maybe yeah. he was talking to other people uh -huh. about it. But uh, yeah, I yeah, it's cool when like the whole surface of everything is braided, you right? Know, the whole thing, you know, not even like, yeah. normally like that part is just like a little with nylon, like a little rolled up piece of nylon or something like that. Yeah, um, so um, that's, that's really cool. I was talking to it was probably Chris yesterday as well. Um, he he did one long um, Turk's head that went from the heel all the way up the handle. Oh yeah, I saw that. And then yeah. he did an interweave in that to fill in where it swells around around the ball, and that was yeah, that's very inspiring, and it looks very similar to some of the work that you've done, actually. Yeah, I got, um, I think I got to touch the one uh, in LA that you're talking about, and I yeah, it, it felt like really comfortable. And I did something similar. I did like a contour handle. Um, one of the that I I've think, seen yeah, done before, like this one. I think this coral snake is that one. Uh, similar idea here on the right, but you mean how the knot closes on the end? Yeah, but it also continues over mm. over the unless it's you've just lined it up perfectly. Looks like it continues. Yeah, no, so yeah, strands. the knot. Um, it's it's still a separate knot, but it's just the same principle. Like the this the overlay latches onto the 
than not. <clears throat> I see. Um, I see. Yeah, but um, but I could That's do. So cool. I mean, I I could do that. Um, I've done that. That's just basically what you call a square start. I mean, and it, it's just um, a four bytes square start, and yeah. but a square start can be like any amount of bytes. I think it just means that you're like. You don't have loose strands on the end; they're doubled back on themselves. Right, right, um, okay. And uh, I really, yeah, I really love the way that looks, and um, that's, yeah, yeah. I, keep, I, I do that those... a lot, especially in the Pythos designs, like the the doubling, sliding backwards on the handle. <clears throat> okay. So, so you actually plat you plat it backwards. So you like weave in the snake head and then work your way down to the the heel. So you, yeah, on those I do. Yeah, I mean on the stock uh-huh. whips, because the snakehead's facing that way. Oh, true, true. I see. When you're dealing with, especially with the higher plat counts, do you keep any diagrams, or is this like just all in your head? Like even when, um, I'll show you one that I was practicing. Like just the normal square start, is I I, I still lose track in my head with what's what. So I mean, not mm-hmm. to keep going back to me, but you know, just practicing, you know, just something mm-hmm. like that. At, at, for me is that's where I'm at <laughs> I'm a, a long ways from, from your work. Obviously. No, that looks really good. That's, um, I don't know. I think, uh, uh, I might've used the diagram to begin with. Um, I think when I first learned to do it, I used a jig and then I realized that it's kind of unnecessary. So I just now I just hold it in my hand and use my fingers to kind of oh. like wrap the strings around the fingers, or I just hold it in my hand, and it it becomes difficult if there's a whole lot of strands and you might have to like crimp them down with some um, hemostats or something, right, right, <clears throat> or, or like just a paper clip will work, like a spring clip. Um, but no, I I don't ever use diagrams unless like it's a knot that i don't know how to tie but in that case i would learn how to do it and remember you know commit it to memory <clears throat> and then because when i first learned, i i had trouble with knots when i first started i had i could only do like one knot and um and it was not okay but i and i learned i think mainly from uh nick schrader i tried to learn from bernie's videos but it's so dark and he always worked with black leather, and I was like, I can't see shit. Whoops, yeah, I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> um, it's all right. But uh, um, yeah, so I learned a lot from Nick Schrader's videos, and I, I basically learned how to tie the pineapple knot from his uh, tutorials. Yeah, yeah. And uh, some of the other knots, and then there was Paracord Guild. I think had a lot of um, a lot of good instructional videos on on YouTube. Um, yeah, those are, but yeah, uh, yes, I, I, for, if I'm doing like fancy, um, two-tone work, you know, I'll use the graph paper and draw it out. Um, I've never used that face plat thing that that people use. Yeah. I, I prefer to do it the hard way. (laughs) (laughs) It is on the computer. If you, if you're, if you and the computer don't get along it, it, although you could print it out, it makes it, I, I've played with it and it is kind of fun just to be able to erase easier, you know, work on mm-hmm. pattern and say, ah, it's a little too busy and then change it around. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe that's easy enough if you're just doing it on graph paper. Or I, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure it definitely has like, it's uh, 
pros and probably mostly pros with a computer. But um, I guess, I don't know. I just try to, I don't know. I'm old fashioned. I like to do things the hard way. No, if it's your creative <laughs> process, that's okay. Right. That's, that's, but it's fun too to like when you have a graph pad that's completely full of just designs, it's kind of like your sketchbook. You know, oh yeah. It's not like, you know, I can't carry my, my iPad around with me and be like, Oh, look at all this. So, I mean, I, not that I'd go around and show everyone my, my graph pad, but, um, <laughs> but you but should. Just kinda, I have like <laughs> stacks and stacks of graph pads, like with all these designs. Most of them I haven't even done because like I, no one hardly ever orders like the, um, like really fancy plotting, um, for me so and when, when they do i'm like oh i get to use this design that i came up with oh, five nice. years ago and <laughs> is there any that you that you would like to show off i don't want you to you know reveal any, any uh, secrets here but like I, I would love to see some of what what it looks like when you're in your creative process with your what, what do you call it when you're an artist and you have your um your portfolio. Well, sometimes I do this for like whip taper to like figure out. Oh yeah. Um, the diameters and if I'm not sure, anyways. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I just kind of use a specific formula that's in my head, but sometimes you know I'm like I'm not sure, and sometimes I'll make you know get everything up to like the last belly and bolster, and then it's not right, and I have to start over. I have like lots of, a whole. Tupperware bin full of whips that I haven't finished because I just at some point was like, oh, these are crap. Um, yeah. But, you know, a lot of things, it's just like little doodles. Oh, know? yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. And I saw, sometimes I see it on other people's whips. That and looks I'm, almost you know, Aztec. And I plot it out and I figure out what flat count needs to be. And this is one I did a little while ago. Oh, wow. That, that um, looks like a snakeskin almost. Yeah, that's one of my favorite. Yeah. motifs to do is kind of like the snake scale sort of right, right. that's what i did on that 2020 whip for the whip con um yeah the, i think that was the oh yeah where there's, there's, my unders and overs right <laughs> that's awesome um, i love it and then here's another variation on that kind of like hearts oh yeah uh, now valentine's day is coming um, up people yeah gotta get those hearts while we can um yeah, so I mean, let me see if I could find. Oh yeah, this is. So this is the actual one that I used for the 2020. Whip. Oh wow! But I didn't end up doing this because a lot of times it like lot. stuff looks cool, but yeah. it doesn't actually work because you have that many overs, and um. Oh yeah, and it then the strand around. won't stay in place. Yeah. You know? oh. So a lot of times things though. are like, ah, I wish I could do that. But just won't let me do it, or at least I haven't figured out how to do it. Um, if there is a way to do it, so yeah, I mean, I could oh, keep that. going on and. Oh, that's so cool! And, oh, here's one with a uh, angel of death. Oh, uh, cool! Okay, people, if you're, you're listening to this <laughs> in audio only, you've got to come back and check this out. That that's a cool one. <laughs> I hope to see that. Yeah, I want to do that one at some point. So that's a forty plat, I think. Whoa! Yeah, that'd be cool. Well, I, I love it. Um, and I, I, I do hope you you write a book and some of this stuff is in there and can give some people some ideas, even if it's not the snakehead. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, those sort of showing you that creativity and how you, you go about 
I, I think that's really valuable for the creative process for other people as well. And seeing how you found a way that, that really works for you. And, you know, if other people don't like face plat, then, you know, get, get your piece of paper out and sketch it out. And I like one thing you mentioned just offhandedly is you worked out a design and then you figured out how many plat it needs to be. I've always heard people going the other way. I'm going to, I have this big of a whip and I'm, I want to make it 16 plat or I want to make it 24 plat. And, um, I probably partially comes from my experience with nylon primarily, but I don't see that creativity going that direction versus the other way, having that artistic expression mm-hmm. as your primary goal and then working backwards from there. I, mm-hmm. I, I really think that that's people could learn a lot from you there. So. Yeah. That, that's interesting. Cause yeah, it's something I've kind of encountered when with nylon is like, I, mean, I want to do certain designs like mm-hmm. uh, when I do these um, performance hybrid and put, let's do maybe do like a little fancy handle with like the 275 cord. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, oh, I can't do 40 plat, it's too thin. And so I can't do my uh, certain, like my snake scale designs, because they're all pretty much in 40 plat with the way they work. I mean, I could do it in a, in higher plat counts, but or you can anything get a bigger lower handle. than that. I could do it in 20, what's that? You could do a bigger handle too. Yeah, you could. <laughs> Thicker handle. Thicker yeah. handle. So I, I was actually experimenting with a couple. So just some different designs. Um, so using the three quarter inch versus you know half mm-hmm. inch, and mm-hmm. if you're if you have thin over the three quarter inch, it doesn't feel that much bigger than five fifty over the half inch. It feels mm-hmm. very similar in your hand. Oh really? Okay. Because of the thickness of the five fifty. Yeah, I so could, if you're using I can see that. Or if you don't have anything over this. But this is interesting mm-hmm. because it doesn't flex almost at all. So it feels very different right. than this, and you get a little flex from these. So it uh-huh. you know, something to play with. But it's not, especially if you're making if you're gonna do a handle with leather over it. I don't know if you were thinking doing two seventy five um uh, you mentioned um, 275, so that'd be nylon. No, I'd probably make them like all nylon because um, it's like a lot of, um, not a lot, but um, I guess Adam Winrich at the at the WebCon this, this past uh, January. Uh, uh, well, it's still, it's still January. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Last day of January. Um, <clears throat> this is a leap year, too. Um, yeah, he was like, I don't want to use your whips because the plaiting is so nice. And I was like, uh, that's what they're for. You're supposed to use them. And, <laughs> right. And, uh, but, uh, I, so I guess I need to make some cheaper whips that people will like want to use more. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, so I don't know. I would just like to be able to like cover all the bases, but I haven't made nylon whips in such a very, very long time. And my, I guess, when I first learned, there was no uh, Nick Schreger, and there was no Bernie. Um, there was nothing. And the only thing that there was on AOL was this uh, Instructables, you know, Instructables? Oh, yes. And there was an Instructables write-up about it with some pictures, and it was for a dog sled whip made from paracord. Oh, okay. And it's a, 
and it was just like a bunch of it's like ball chain and center with like a few bellies maybe three bellies i think and um and it worked pretty it worked pretty good and you know for all intents and purposes um but uh you know that definitely I wasn't see. as advanced as um, the nick schrader's build and like and the, the advancements that he made on the design especially like with the bullwhip like that was for a snake whip um with nylon bullwhips there's, there's a little bit more that goes into, into the into the build yeah absolutely and i mean he's kept keeps dialing it in too over the years even, but his first one is significantly better than the Instructables. I, I just looked it up. The, the first nylon whip that I made was from Instructables as well. And oh, really? it's, it is pretty awful. I was just going <laughs> to see if I can No, try. I'm sure it's great. Oh, no, that's way better than mine looked. So this is, this is from Instructables. But mm-hmm. yeah, they, they show, they, they don't use a Turk's head. And like even the well-done version here. It's got these weird kinks and stuff in it. And I think this is the one... Uh, yeah, they, they use rope. I think they had electrical tape bellies on this one. Oh, oh duct tape on this one. Duct tape, yeah. So, I, uh, my first whip I made, um, it, it's still hanging on the wall, but it will basically not mm-hmm. uncoil at this point. <laughs> Over the <laughs> course of the last few years. But no, I, I I respect that. It's a it's a good place to start. There was a lot of information here. Do you want to see my first uh, kangaroo whip? Yeah, I don't have my first. Uh, yeah, mine's hanging up on the wall too. But I don't have my first nylon whip. I don't know what happened to that. I don't even have like the first ten, maybe even twenty nylon whips. That I made. I think I just ended up like giving them to friends. So here it is, my first kangaroo Whoa, whip. Oh, look at that! Um, that. Eight plat. So I, I made this oh. off of the build described in Ron Edwards' How to Make Whips. Okay. Where there's like basically triangular piece of leather forms a shot bag. I actually went and bought shotgun shells and emptied them. And then there's like wow. you know uh, strands that come off the end that form some somewhat of a belly that goes under here and then and then just an overlay on top of that um no bolster or anything but yeah that's it I, it was just just one piece of leather i dyed it wow um, it, it looks great <clears throat> it looks looks great and you can see like how the dye will if you hand dye your leather and i think i actually did a pretty good job dyeing it but it definitely yeah until you brought it close i couldn't tell it was different sunlight it doesn't like sunlight and uh it doesn't like, thing. I mean, uh, leather dressing. When you put that on there, dye does not like that. Oh, so it starts to come off. So if you're, you know, if you're into, um, if you're getting into making kangaroo whips, uh, I strongly recommend not hand dyeing, because it, you know, dyeing, it, you can dye leather, sure, but for something that's being used all the time and being handled and touched, I have a whip that was very well hand dyed. And it still rubs off. But. Oh yeah, you you have a leather dressing that you sell, right? That you've you developed. Yeah, it was just I've been working on that today in a little bit, and uh, actually, I came up. I got this new machine. Um, it's a printer, but it's a, it's a vinyl cutter. Have you heard of those? Uh, like the they cricket like machine or something. Out. Like or cricket, what? cricket, or one yeah, of those. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, cricket. Mm-hmm. Um. 
so yeah, what I'm planning to do, this is pretty exciting because people always ask me for uh, engraved ferals. And there's only one person that I know that makes it in great ferals, and that's Jackson Buckles. Right. And, uh, but, you know, uh, it's kind of expensive. Not that much, not really not that expensive, and, um, considering how amazing they are. But people ask me for those a lot, and sometimes they have pretty um, strange, uh, you know, things that they want written on them. <laughs> um, so... I wouldn't ask Jackson to do that usually. Um, so, uh, so I'm gonna what I can. I'm gonna use this machine. It prints out a little vinyl thing, stick it on there, and then I can use this. You like what you do is you like take a nine volt battery and connect. The positive oh yeah, like an electrolysis. And then you take some salt water, put yeah. it on a Q-tip, and connect the negative end, and then rub it. And I actually did that for the first time to, to etch it today. Yeah. And uh, I got a, I got it to work. I got a little well, etched triangle on this nickel silver. That looks great. So, yeah, see, I'm gonna start doing that on the ferrules and uh, the conchos, just to kind of like you know, kick it up a notch and give. Hey, if you want this personalization, I can, I can do that for you. Fifty dollars, you know, hundred, right. however much. <laughs> that yeah, this is the snake oil that I make. Um, I've like talked to a lot of people and everyone's all about, you know, Picard's David, Mar David Morgan says Picard's it's gotta be Picard's or Aussie, uh, Phoebe's Aussie leather conditioner. Right. Um, and you know, the, I used to use Picard's like exclusively. And then one time I got a batch and it smelled like straight up motor oil. Oh. And I was like, and then it started like irritating my skin when I was working with it. So I think I don't know if I have an allergy to whatever is in it, but it's I know it's petroleum based. Right. Um, it's, like, it's basically petrolatum that's in it, and um, which is cool and all, but I don't know. I just kind of like all using all natural things, and plus I like I'm very stubborn. I like to make everything myself, do everything myself, um, and so. Uh, anyways, yeah, I've kind of like tweaked this a little bit, like I. End up like adding adding some glycerin to balance the pH level a little bit. Okay. Because I think the pH level was a little bit off, and um, some people think uh, well, it has lanolin in it, which lanolin I don't know if you've ever smelled it before. It smells like sheep's. Right. Yeah. It's very very distinctive. <laughs> um, sheep's wool. It smells like sheep's wool. So it has a very light gamey aroma to it. Pappy's, pa like I think, more. is based on that as well. Yeah, you got some, right? Yeah, I got, got I got some of yours, and and I, I Pappy's Dubbin. Have you used that? Oh yeah, so that's yeah, I love the Pappy's Dubbin. Casey Tyler told me about that a while back, and yeah, I get like a gallon of that every two years and go through it, and um, that stuff. So I use the premium Dubbin. And I, I just use that for all the internals. Mm -hmm. I don't use that for the overlay. It darkens leather quite a bit. Is it? There's probably there's some other things in there. Oil for sure. in it and um, tallow, and, and and it says like tannery tannery grade um, tallons or tannins. Um, right. So, um, but yeah, that stuff is. I highly recommend that stuff for like the internal part. Um, for the, I feel like for the um, the overlay, it really needs something like more. Um, that can like protect it. That's got like a, either wax in it or okay. something. And a lot of people, um, you know, I put a little bit of glycerin in this, but one thing I've noticed and um, that whips get bloom, they get mold. 
And I've been trying to figure out, I have one actually here that I just cleaned earlier because I had bloom all over it. And it's like a, you know, it's mold, basically. I was like, why do some whips get it and some of them don't? Why? Well, I really, I still don't know. But one thing I read is that glycerin, if you put too much of it on a whip, um, on leather, it basically attracts moisture to it. Um, really? Yeah, it will. It, that's what I read hmm. in a very, you know, um, well-researched sort of like document type thing. And I can't remember where it was I saw that. But anyways, it, it, you know, it looked like I could trust what they were saying pretty much. And, um, and that would be... So, so how do you incorporate that into to what you do? Well, um, yeah, a little bit of glycerin, is, is it's a good emulsifier, emollient, and like a binder. Right. So it, when you're combining like several ingredients, it's also a natural preserve too. So, mm-hmm. um, but in, in, you know, in soap, if you think about soap, when, you know, when you, after you you know, take a bath and you use soap, you put it on your skin, you know, your skin feels nice and soft and, you know, right. moisturized. And, um, so yeah, it's basically helping like the water, like absorb into your skin. Um, and, uh, but with leather, you don't really want that because you don't want like water, like being sucked into the whip all the time. You want something on the top of it. That's going to like resist water. Right. You want to like, repel it, keep it from coming in. So I, what I recommend when, well, what I do now is I put a, a conditioner that's not glycerin based on the strands before I plait them. Okay. And that way the plaiting soap doesn't actually like absorb into the leather very much. It just sits on the surface. Interesting. You know? Okay. So I, I, I believe in plaiting soap and I, I know a lot of people use uh, like Johnny likes to use the Aussie leather you know, whatever works for other people, that's fine. I just prefer the plating soap. I like making it. It's kind of like part of the process. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So anyways, it just sits on, you know, it just helps the strand get braided and, you know, you get the tightest possible weave. And then once it's done, I'll, I always like clean the whip with, um, with like a leather cleaner. And then I hit it with more leather conditioner. That's not non-glycerin based. Um, okay, so different than than your snake oil. No, I use this. I use the snake oil. I mean, it has a tiny little bit of glycerin, but okay. it's not like some things like saddle soap, which are, is like nothing but glycerin, pretty much. Um, so and some some conditioners, like a lot of them, they won't tell you what's in them. But if you go on their website, they actually are legally required by the state of California to tell what the ingredients are. So if you look oh, hard right. enough, you can find the ingredients of things. And a, a lot of things, skincare products, the first ingredient is either glycerin or propylene glycol. Right, right. <clears throat> I think it was fillers. You know? I think it was Morgan's recipe or Ron Edwards with the, uh, uses lard. Yeah, I used to do that. Um, it certainly I, I was a lot. Tallow from uh, Coast, no, from Puerto Rico, and they weren't like rendering it proper, and it went rancid. Oh, but tallow shouldn't go rancid like ever because it, it should not have any water left in it. If it has water left in it, it will cause bacteria to form if there's no preservative added. But um, yeah, lard. I yeah, that manteca stuff you get from the grocery store. Right, yeah, exactly. You got a bucket of that. I don't use that for plating soap. I use tallow because it doesn't darken the leather quite as much as, as lard does. Um, 
Um, so I've noticed that it doesn't, it might be a little bit slicker than Tello is and might help it slip more, but, um, but yeah, I, I don't like using that, that Manteca lard, um, personally. Uh, I'd, if I, what I would recommend is, is going to your local butcher shop mm-hmm. and getting it, or you can order it online, but, but you want like, just like beef tallow, the most, the most pure form of like tallow that you can get, you know, like, um, the stuff that I get from the local butcher shop is, is really good. It's like hard as a rock pretty much even nice. though it's at room temperature. Almost. So, Oh yeah. I'll have to check that out. I've, I've, uh, that's one of the things I've struggled with is it just, it darkens it a lot, and then it, it doesn't seem to absorb the way I feel like it should when I'm watching other people in videos and all do theirs. The plating soap? The plating soap, yeah. It doesn't look like it. Yeah, that's why I would really recommend like conditioning it. Like I usually use Bic 4 because just, the leather just, it just soaks it up. The leather is like, really thirsty at first, and it wants right. to drink up whatever you put on it. So you, you want to put like a good conditioner on it, um, and then that will prevent it from soaking up all that leather dressing. I don't know, this is just my, this is just where I'm at right now with it. Like, I, I and, and that's what I'm asking. I mean, and the reason, and move. another reason, like I, I've seen like a lot of whips that have tons of fat put in them or the plating soap, they get like uh, oxidation, like salt crystals all around them eventually. Yeah. I've um, seen a few pictures of um, that happening. It's, it's just like comes out from the center. I think Jacko whips, I've seen that a lot on, on this one I, that I have, it did it a little bit. Um, I don't know what he used, but it was probably just like fat of some sort. Maybe I'm not sure what he put on the inside. Um, wow. But, uh, so yeah, I, I, I want to keep that from happening. And also like, I want the finish to look really, really good. And in order, like if, if you have a bunch of cladding soap on your leather, like, uh, it, the, um, I think that the, the shellac, it kind of resists the shellac a little bit. I, I can then, see that. It needs to soak in just then, a tiny bit. And like the crevices, you can see it in the crevices and the, the seams. And uh, Right. Do you ever like yeah. go back with a toothbrush before you shellac it to make sure you get any any chunky um, stuff out of not it? Not a toothbrush, just like a, a soft cloth. You know? um, okay. I clean it, wipe it with a soft cloth, let it dry, and then if it looks good, um, you know, put the shellac on, but, um, yeah, I definitely want to make sure it looks like nice and clean before, right. um, the shellac goes on. Cause it's, it's really annoying when, you know, you spend all this time like making this thing and then the final step gets messed up. Yeah, know, exactly. Final step. Do you have any, any um, stories where that that's happened to where you definitely, yeah, I have struggled a lot with the shellac, um, and for a long time, I didn't do it. Um, and then I used this, used the spray, like the Zisner mm-hmm. stuff you get from the hardware store. And then, then I started making my own, and I got okay at it. But I, I noticed like it came off like really easily, you know, especially oh. on the tip and the handle areas um, when I made it myself. And um, and I talked with like Adam Winrich, like recommended I talk to Franco Zucali. So I talked to Franco Zucali who if people don't know is the, you know, the godfather of the whip maker. So, and, uh, <laughs> on Facebook. Yeah. Um, oh, what's that? Yeah. Uh, yeah whip maker. on Facebook. Yeah. 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 The Facebook group. Um, 
and he, he's like really good at doing the finish and he taught me a lot so i have to give credit to him um but yeah when you see a whip that has like really really good finish on it it's like just looks like a mirror like glass like yeah just like i'm just like oh my god you know it's definitely <laughs> right. like the final step is i don't know it really looks like adds like a beauty and shine to it but. it really does it really does have, have you ever had like i don't know dust land on it or, or like a, find a, a fly <laughs> stuck in your shellac cat hair to, cat hair oh yeah, yeah i have a yeah I have a this one includes part of your problem in this house um yeah um so so yeah after each like layer of shellac goes on i have to like you know wipe it with a cloth get out, you know any types of like lint or hair or something that got stuck on it Huh. Very cool. What would would you say there's anything like I don't know. I mean this year you made such a beautiful stock whip um from the competition. Is there anything that you feel like that you've accomplished that you've overcome some I mean these problems have been over the course of the last 9 10 years you've been working on leather whips. Is there anything like mm-hmm. really recently you feel like you've had this aha moment where you've overcome a particular problem? Um you mean like uh just in the in I was just thinking generically in the whole process, but each piece it's as we're making whips, I mean there's so many details we're doing, and we find ways to work around them. Uh, I was just wondering if there's anything that stood out that you've recently you've changed how you're doing it because I mean, maybe the the snake oil is is one of those solutions you've recently accomplished. Yeah, I mean, you know, things are constantly changing. I'm like constantly trying to perfect things. I don't feel like I ever um, am gonna be happy with the whip that I make. Like, I feel like it's always <laughs> right, always gonna could be better. Um, but yeah, I know with that stock whip, like, what, I don't make a whole lot of stock whips. I don't get orders for them from, um, for, you know, people don't order them from me a whole lot. So. Uh, I love making them. I'd, I'd like to make more. And w- one of the hardest thing I think with sock whips is getting a dang keeper to look good, you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> and so I feel like with that stock whip that I feel like that was like the best looking keeper I've ever made. I feel like it was a smidge too big, but, um, like I have a, I, I use the Chris bar method and this is a Chris bar whip and you can see the keeper is just, Oh yeah. Oh, that's, that's totally gorgeous. Immaculate, like, wow! Perfect, perfectly nestled. The way, in I really love the way he does it. Um, so yeah, I did it the way that he does it, and uh, so I was pretty happy with that. Um, and see, yeah, and then with that whip, I did something that I don't normally do. That I, um, I did this. Well, I didn't make this whip; someone else did. But I did this sort of contour thing. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. The, the the swell. That that yeah, I've whip never was... done that before. What's that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. You said you'd never done that before. I've never done that before. So it's kind of a guessing game. I used like calipers and tried to figure out exactly <clears throat> how they did it, and um, and I showed it to Adam, and he was like, "Yeah, that's not quite right." <laughs> <laughs> I know I can always trust Adam to to to. Um, to you know, Tell you how it is. Give me the, uh, you know, give me the hard truth. But, uh, but yeah, I know I agreed with him. Like, I mean, it was still felt pretty good, but it wasn't like 100 percent 
perfect. Like it's it's amazing how much like millimeters matter. Right. And so did you have to swell the strands slightly to cover that area and then taper them again no, fast or? No, it's just I guess what I would call like packing. You know, I mean strands. You know, you could have like really thin strands and have the angle be like, like right. this on your cladding. No, you just, just keep pushing them up. You know, they'll still like fit together. And you know, I don't know. Right. Like, I. Um, but yeah, if it was a very very intense swell, in the it, yeah, you'd probably have to do um, like a pineapple interweave or something. To, mm -hmm. um, like how maybe Christopher Wright did his. Like when you have the, he did it like plat, you know, did your herringbone like over a, a heel knot, like that, um, that amount of swell, you would probably need to add an interweave. Right. I'd imagine so. Or yeah. do some sort of crazy tapering and swelling on the strand widths. Uh, yeah. I, I probably that... wouldn't want to do that. That'd be too <laughs> quick of a taper. Yeah. You could, it could be done though. So. I don't think I've ever seen that done. Wow. There's uh, so, so many different options that you can do when you're making a whip. Um, well, one thing we, we mentioned earlier, I, I was just looking down at my notes and thinking of, I, I have so many questions and I want to be respectful of your time, especially since we're doing this for the second time. Um, yeah, you mentioned about, uh, so we were talking about the business aspect of, of this and being creative and how much time it takes on some of these really special whips, like, like this one that you're talking about for the WhipCon, that was a, a for a customer, correct? Or originally was yeah, it it worked out pretty good. Where like it was time to make his whip, and it was close to the time of the whipcon, and I was like, "Hey, um, how about you know, I'll make it a little bit fancier, and we enter it in the whip whip convention." And um, nice. And then I, I made the whip, um, and uh, or maybe I was like still making it, and then I decided to just like go out there. So I decided like really last minute, maybe like two weeks or probably less than two weeks to, you know, to, to go out there. So I got my tickets and made my um, lodging reservations like super last minute. Wow. But luckily I, I got in at the Portofino. Hey, right. <laughs> that, that's where all the cool kids were hanging out. I'm glad we got to hang out and got to chat a lot. That was, it was really fun. Yeah, me too. That was, yeah, that was that's really always cool. like the funnest part of the, the trips is just talking to everybody about stuff. Being around other whip makers. You know, right. Like it is amazing to see how many are there. And that... I mean, we're... I mean, I say we as if I'm any sort of competition. But there's not... It doesn't feel like it, people are super competitive. Yes, there is some trade secrets that people keep to themselves. Yes, there's some... Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you, you have your own customer base and so forth, but uh, you, you you mentioned earlier about you feel like the whip demand out in the the world in general is sufficient for the number of, of whip makers we have. Do you, do you see that tapering, growing or shrinking? Um, how many billions of people on the <laughs> eight billion people? <laughs> True. <laughs> How many whip makers can you... Less you know? than that. Given there are a lot of nylon whip makers, but what I've noticed is they kind of come and go. They might have like a yeah. two or three year run. True. With it, and then they're like, they get sick of it or they realize they can't make enough money doing it, you know? So right. There's a, and there's a lot of part-time hobbyists 
makers, but and in terms of like leather kangaroo whips, there's like very few people who do it, um, who do it professionally, you know, uh, for their, their main source of income. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, yeah, I, I don't know, like on that subject, uh, was something my girlfriend, I guess, thought that I should mention is that, um, this recent customer, I guess he's like, a, he's looking into getting into um, whip making and he, he asked me some, uh, some questions, like uh, some advice questions. And uh, yes, one of the things he asked me was like, what sets, what do I think sets me apart from other whip makers? Yeah. And why is that good? And, you know, and, and I thought about it and I was like, you know, that's really not the attitude that we, that I have and that I don't think any of us really have. It's hmm. like, what makes me better? You know, it's, and I told him, and I was like, it's really what all we all have in common is really what makes us good at what we do. Right. And That's a good point. You know, and the thing that we all, one of the main things we, we all have in common is that they're, we're just big kids. But other than that, um, you know, we're always trying to get better. Look at whips, learn from other people, you know, you have to be humble in this sort of community. You can't be like, my stuff is the best. And all these other <laughs> whip makers are just shite. You know? like, right. <laughs> um, which some people probably definitely do have that mentality, <laughs> but luckily yeah, I think there's a few, few and far between. Um, but, uh, you know, um, yeah, I think it's just cool that we can all like get along and sure there are, there are, you know, I really wouldn't call it trade secrets, but it's more of just like, how bad do you want to know? You know, right? Um, how hard have you already tried? Too is another question. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing too. Like, if someone buys a whip from me, I'm probably more, I'll probably be more likely to tell them things, or you know, be you know, um, be more helpful to them. But not necessarily. Like other whip makers, you know ask me questions and I ask other whip makers questions, but I feel like, you know, I wouldn't, I'm kind of stubborn. Like I like to try and figure things out on my own. And then if I can't quite figure it out, then I'll be like, Peter, Peter Thorndike, will you please help me? (laughs) 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 Peter makes a beautiful whip. (laughs) Would he be someone that you look up to for? Oh, definitely. He's just such a, a great guy. And he's, um, not just whips, but he's, you know, he's kind of like how I am. Like he's always doing something. He's always making something, you know, he's just, he just makes knives. He makes fids. He makes pins. He makes all sorts of stuff. Like he made, he showed me a picture. He made a mallet out of all of his, all of his old, uh, leather conditioner bottles that he melted down and turned into a hammer. And I was like, what? Are, you kidding me? are you kidding me? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so yeah, I think, that's you know that's just whips are just kind of like one of those things it's like um it's almost impossible to make a perfect one yeah I would say. well maybe not out of nylon but out of leather i would you know 100 percent perfect i'm right. talking about like, like so you don't feel like you've ever had one that you just i'm not gonna send this out this is the perfect one i made um no, I've definitely been had those moments. Be like, after all, why shouldn't I keep it? But um, 
<laughs> yeah, that's no, it'd be. I'm a web maker. I'm not much of a web user. If I if I keep it, it's just gonna hang on the wall, and then I'll just like look at it every day. Yeah, my precious, you know. <laughs> right. Um, uh, no, I'd rather it go somewhere else. Be somewhere else. Um, uh, but you know, I one of these days I will make myself a nice whip. Because I, I make whips, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a display whip, and then some somebody buys it, and I'm like. All right, I'll make another one, and then someone buys that one. I guess it's good. I can't complain. No, yeah. People buy them, um, so that's good. Yeah, that is, that is good. Throw enough money at you, you'll probably sell anything, right? <laughs> uh, that's I. I mean, when you were out at WhipCon, I haven't had a good excuse to show it, but I did buy some stuff from you. One of them was a hat band. Yeah, you did. Which came out beautiful so this is a, a, a whip that will actually crack that is on the hat yeah little heel knot it's great yeah Thank those you. are fun <clears throat> i love um just like little oh. whips like i feel a lot of people make them um john i've got one from johnny ogren here there's a little hat band bull whip oh yeah um that's so cute. And I've got a, a little snapper. This is a little little snapper from Paul Nolan. Right, right. Um, I think he sent this to me because he felt bad that uh, my my whips took so long to get. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> that I I ordered some um, other whips from him. <clears throat> yeah, but both uh, amazing whip makers as well. Do you feel like you've you've learned things from oh, yeah. from each of those guys as well? Johnny and Paul, oh, yeah. Or, yeah. Johnny, yeah, 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 definitely, yeah, yeah. When you can get a hold of Paul, yeah, you'll, <clears throat> um, he's de- he's definitely got so much experience mm-hmm. under his belt. Um, he's Johnny, gonna be on the show think, eventually too. Yeah, he is. Yeah, oh yeah. I've been talking to him. He's uh, nice. he's been under the weather, but he'll he'll be on soon. Okay, yeah, I'll be looking forward to that. Yeah, me and Johnny talk a lot. We're kind of like. We started making or getting serious, anyways, about making whips about about the same time, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, you can definitely see like our progression, and and you know, you know, we definitely talk a lot about different techniques and different stuff, and yeah, and. Uh, and you know the wit. I really like the like. I didn't know about the Whitmakers hook, and um, Adam and I posted something on my Instagram. It was like a, just a drawing of the different types of like tapers you can do on a whip, and and I gave them like each name. Like one was like needle, one was lance, so on and so on. And um, and Adam, I guess he liked it, and he was like, "Can I put it on this whip group?" And I was like, "What? There's a whip group? Uh-huh. I don't know about and." And so I got on there, and that was really oh, that nice. was really cool. To, I was like, I think he made a video, a YouTube video on that as well. I'm pretty uh, sure on on Adam's YouTube, there's one about shapes of whips, and it's labeled mm-hmm. lance and needle and so forth. Yeah, he he used that picture, and he put it. I don't know, but yeah, I don't know if I'm the person that coined the term um, lance. But uh, you definitely see that in a lot of whips, especially like the older indie whips. Yeah. That thick swell at the end of the handle. Um, and then it usually, like after about 12 inches, it'll like, taper back down. 
Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's a taper is probably one of the more, more difficult things, I would say, to like weights and taper, like they kind of work together. So, that's still something I'm always like trying to um, figure out and get better at. And lately, I've been like, been more. Um, thinking about like bolster materials and like trying different bolster materials and stuff like that. Because I've always used um, either Vegetan Cow or the Kangaroo um, pretty much. And uh, I've been experimenting with using Chrome Tan leather. Yeah, okay. I think Johnny said he was, I think it was Johnny that said he's doing something similar. That Yeah, I, th- I think for some of his builds he uses the Chrome Slits like Terry Ter- Jacket did. Um, and I, I know uh, um, uh, Alyssa Iris is uh, doing some stuff with that, and uh, yeah, I think it's you know I think it's interesting. It's just a different kind of school with thought <clears throat> with using uh, Chrome in uh, internals. Um, right. I don't know if it's better or you know it's less traditional than using Veg Tan. That's for sure, but. Um, but yeah, so I'm kind of experimenting with doing um, chrome bolsters, different kinds of like, you know, chrome tan leather is like more heavily chrome tan, which is really soft, and so that's like a light chrome tan, which is like upholstery yeah. like type of leather in like a car, like a nice car anyways. Um, <clears throat> it definitely so. would fill it, but I don't know how much structure it would give it, depending on the, yeah, how mm-hmm. soft it is. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I'm sure it goes back to the tradition, like you said, was being most of these whips were made in Australia, and kangaroo was what they had. Now, here in America, the the cattle, at least especially here in the south, Texas, the cattle culture is so huge that I have cow hides, which are not great for your overlay strands at all, but uh, you can can get tons of great hides. Yeah, I think we've lost your mic on your headset there. But Oh, did it finally go out? Yeah. Okay. Give me one moment. Uh, one moment. And we're back again. All right. So, um, we've got we've covered a lot of material today and I really appreciate your your experience and your wisdom covering so many different aspects of of whip making here and for well, honestly getting letting me get to know you. Glad to help. And for so many, getting to know a lot of people in the community, even though we can't see them. Uh, I know that podcasting and uh, YouTube videos, I feel like I get to know these people, even if I, they never meet me or I, they've never, or vice versa, you know. I feel like I know Mr. Beast just a little bit, you know. <laughs> um, but Yeah, no, it's, it's great that you're doing this. So it's awesome. Well, thank you. And it helps people out a lot and, uh, you know, helps, helps uh, anything that can, like, bring the community um more together you know because we're all just like kind of spread out we're all over the place we we really are and it's a shame and yeah when i first started this back in the uh the the virtual whipcon back for 2020 um that was uh Mm -hmm. yeah it really showed how much that that people enjoyed it and i enjoyed it and so thank you for for doing this with me um i do have uh, a donate button on my uh, i'm setting it up now so if anybody wants to help keep the podcast on the air that'd be be helpful it's over at uh, uh, whipchatpodcast.com slash donate. But uh, if somebody wants to buy a whip from you, from Smoky Mountain Whips, 
and have mm-hmm. a beautiful stock whip or bull whip, and maybe they'll let you put some beautiful high plaid count designs in there. Get that uh, uh, skull, only. right? <laughs> I think they should. I, somebody needs to have that skull put in there. That you was it the skull, the Death Angel? Is that what you called it? Angel, yeah, that one. Somebody Angel needs of death. To, Angel of Death. Somebody needs to order that. That's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's one of the ones that would actually work. I think. So, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you to, to order something like that? Uh, go to my website, uh, contact at Smoky Mountain Whips. Um, those, that's my email, contact at Smoky Mountain Whips, and then the website is just SmokyMountainWhips.com, and then there's a link to the email on there. And so, I'm trying to only use my email to discuss um, business and orders because I've noticed that there's a lot of people on. Um, social media and um, just the internet in general, like um, doing fraudulent scamming, like yeah, pretending to be other people. And I don't know why, especially in the whip world, you think, you know, they could pretend to be some famous like uh, shoemaker or something like that, uh, but whatever. Um, so uh, yeah, if, yeah, if you just go to my website, smokymountainwhips.com, that's, that's definitely the best way to get in, in touch with me. Um, Awesome, awesome. That's what I recommend. And you could make them one of these beautiful, beautiful whips. And maybe it would win first place at WhipCon one year if you time it just right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Uh, so I don't know, like next year, I don't know is if how we're going to do it next year. If like if Johnny's going to judge it again. or I was thinking that it would be kind of cool if like the person who wins... That would be the year cool. before is like the judge for the the next year maybe I don't know if that maybe not. Well, we should talk to Adam. Adam, if you're listening to this, yeah, it's, it's an idea for I, you. Actually, that's a horrible idea because I don't want to judge. I think I don't think I could be up to that job. Like when I, when I was actually think about it, it's so hard being like uh, this. This one, you know, I I'm always gonna like give more points to the more artistic stuff, you know. So. But I think that's that's valid for who you are, and there is some of that that when you know who the judge is going to be, you you should make a whip that's appropriate for for that type of competition. Oh uh, yeah. So I I think that would be a, a valid because you know what a good whip feels like, you know what a good whip looks like, and you know what it takes to make or make less. one. <laughs> I I would yeah. say you do. <laughs> And and yeah, I mean, dealt you with know, some people who are better at whip cracking than than I am. I think are can be. I think it would be good in the judging to have like someone who's you know, um, um, you know, a celebrated whip cracker, you know, as well. You know, maybe one person who's a whip maker and then mm-hmm. a whip cracker. I think that, that would, would be, be cool. a good. But um, but yeah, the <clears throat> um, if I if I'm not sure about if they work good or not, I just send them to Adam Winrich and he tells me if they work good or not, if there needs to be improvements. Right. I mean, if it's not blatantly awful, I could see how he would have that finesse (laughs) to be able to feel the differences. Yeah, totally. Yeah. He's really been really helpful about, especially with stock whips, which are kind of like a, yeah, there were several interesting new designs, uh, uh, variations on designs that the 275 Mm -hmm. cord has been very popular. And there are oh, several yeah. new makers out there. So Chris Wright on our episode, when it comes out, you'll hear about it. But um, mm-hmm. he was talking about how he was developing the uh, Justin Bresky signature. Uh, 
one that's weighted a little differently for what Justin does with all the body contact work versus the stuff that Adam makes normally versus what he had made previously versus what, and on and on and on all the different 275 makers. And they all are basically following the same formula in a way, but Mm -hmm. they, they tweak it just a little bit and they have their own tension that they pull at and, and so on. Mm -hmm. And they all feel different. So yeah, it's not that now I'm making 275 and I'm, there's a competitor and I don't need to buy it from anyone else. No, it's just another, a different model. It's the mm-hmm. Christian Pacific model versus the Blake Gorey model. And they mm-hmm. both feel differently, even if we tried our best to make them identical. Um, yeah, but luckily whip crackers obsess about whips, uh, just as much, if not more than whip makers. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they, uh, they keep coming back again and again, they're still chasing that perfect whip too. Yeah. Um, I think a video uh, by Ben Hughes said that some Australian crackers have whips just for certain tricks. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. But yeah, I'm going to eventually yeah. when I get around to scheduling them, I'd like to start getting some of those Australian crackers on the show. And yeah, that uh, would be cool. Talking to them on seeing that side of it. That certainly would be all new to me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Ben Hughes is very, uh, very very knowledgeable about all that stuff and um all those guys over there are like uh yeah. richard tobman um tony nugent um uh, chris Barr, peter thorndike russell schultz and yep. that's just like to, na- to name a few those are like the main ones that like i'm friends with but um <clears throat> well awesome i might be asking yeah. for an introduction for <laughs> some of those yeah I yeah got, totally yeah, yeah t- that'd be cool if you could get some of the australians to get you know um, their take on you know because it's like the land down under it's completely different from that you know it's such an integral part of the culture down there uh, yeah um, at least I don't know that's the way I see it and um, uh, it, well I think it you know it kind of goes with more of like horsemanship culture which right. is really 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 big in Australia is horsemanship um, <clears throat> and you know out in Texas there's still you know, people, the Texas kind of uh, whip thing, it's more of like herding cattle, you know. Right. Um, it's so it's like a farm a ten, tool. It really yeah. is. Yeah. So like the 10-foot bull whip, popular out in Texas for herding cattle. Down in Florida, you got the Florida cow whip. Right. Um, um, stock whips, it's kind of hard to get Americans in, this, in stock whips. Uh, uh, I've but then, probably sold as many performance hybrids, though. Because people didn't want the stock whip, I don't. Th- I don't know if I've sold any stock whips to Texas cattle people, but they they will buy a performance hybrid. Really? Okay. Yeah. It's kind of more like a cow whip. Yeah. Right. Right. Similar to what uh, Dakota makes. Dakota. Yeah, I, th- I think that. Um, I haven't done a whole lot of horseback riding. You know, I like grew up on a farm in South Carolina. We didn't really have horses, but people who uh, rented. Um, our barn like used um they had horses and um <clears throat> so i know a little bit about horses but i in my opinion like a stock whip much better for for using on a horse than uh than a bull whip something you need something with a longer handle yeah and, exactly. Um, it can easily just wrap around your neck and stuff so there's definitely you know that man from snowy river there's definitely like a <clears throat> it's like a an art form for sure um, and, 
Yeah, it's, so it's just the, we have Indiana Jones. They have Man from Snowy River. Right. You know, so well, that's that's thing. awesome. And I, I really do hope somebody uh, orders uh, one of these whips from you that and gets that that design in there. And how cool <laughs> would too. it be? Do you have you had anybody from Australia order order any of your style whip or order any whips from you at all? I guess, but do you have Australians as as customers? Uh, yeah, I've had a couple. Um, people from over there order like some really really short whips uh okay you know different different kind of whip uh i don't remember who it was it's nothing no one i really knew i have talked to um shoot what's his name um james scott does that ring a bell james scott is uh sounds familiar yeah he's a big whip enthusiast i think that's his name and um he collects a lot of stock whips and he i think he might help russell Schulz with his business um and selling the whips and stuff mm-hmm. but i know he like buys sells collects whips um and uh he was interested in, in getting some from me and you know to see like how they work in comparison i know <clears throat> yeah the australians definitely are i don't i don't think that they're allowed to use synthetics when they compete in in those um I'm not sure. I, I think some of the competitions are different, but I think some of them you're only allowed to use like kangaroo whips because that's just I, part I, of the I know culture. Some of them are for sure. Uh, in Adam's workshop about Australian whip cracking, he said he just made a blanket statement that it has to be le- uh, kangaroo leather. But yeah, I'm sure there's lots of different ones. But I, I don't know if some of them, if you can use those red hide stock whips that they they. But I'm pretty sure it has to be kangaroo leather. But anyways, like so they you know. They definitely are a lot more picky about the, like how the whip works and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Um, so, the, for it seems like for certain time they'll be like, this person is the popular whip maker for the the championship whips or whip cracking. And um, I know I think Ru- maybe Russell Scholes might be one of the top ones for for that at the moment, um, but. Um, for a while, it was like Janine Fraser, and um, right, and so the the build method that I use for my stock whips, unless they're super fancy, I use, almost always use the Janine Fraser build that um, Adam Winrich taught me because I feel like it works better, and and it's more similar to how you would build a, a nylon stock whip. Okay, <clears throat> at least I think. <laughs> I haven't made a nylon stock whip actually. So uh, Nick has a great, great video on that, and actually, there's a, yeah, there's a couple different it. ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just haven't gotten around to it. It's like one of those things. But yeah, since I'm getting some paracord in, maybe I should give it a shot. I think yeah. if I were going to make them, I would definitely use the two seven five cord. Um, I just, Probably be closer I to what you're used to doing. I, I would think. Yeah, I but. just I feel like. I don't know the ones that I've seen. I I just really like the the way the two seven two seven five chord feels. Yeah. But yeah, the um, but yeah, the Janine Fraser whips. I have a set, and um, they work very well, and they're very they're not very like complexly made either. Um, it's it's pretty it's a pretty simple build. Um, it's just all about like the the weight thickness taper, you know. Right. Right, which a lot goes into those three words, but 
Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> each, each one is a broad category. For it, sure. it certainly is. And we, we should have a, an additional episode down the road. We can just like focus in on that. I, I do want to do some more. I did a, what was it called? Whipmakers Roundtable a few years ago mm-hmm. um, with Evan Fava and um, uh, Peter Thorndike and a few people like that. Uh, I don't know if I saw that. Uh, to... Johnny was on there and Nick Schrader was on there. But okay, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I I could post a link on when I uh, in the description on this or something. Um, it okay. was it was on another YouTube channel I was doing with with mm-hmm. Evan. But yeah, it was it was really good. But and and what we were hoping to do, and maybe we'll pick this up now that I'm podcasting more, is like pick a, a, a very very small topic, like fall hitches, mm-hmm. and we're going to have all these whipmakers just talk about it. And if you have six people talking, you can easily get. 10 minutes each. That's an hour long podcast. Um, oh yeah. And we could take out really dive into it. And then the next time we'll talk about crackers or we'll talk about mm-hmm. just overall, you know, pick a really small topic. <laughs> and I mean, I'd love to have you on something like that. You have such uh, broad experience with amazing whips as well. <laughs> But fall hitches, fall. snake head hitch. That's, <laughs> that's right. only. That's only. If you want a normal hitch, go to somebody else. That's that's the <laughs> right way to do it. Snake head hitch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Uh, I, I, and I think that is 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 where we should end the show right there. The snake head hitch. <laughs> if you want a snake head hitch, you gotta go to Blake. Blake, thank you well, so how, much. That's oh, how it all started for me. It was the snake head hitch. Probably. I, is yeah, that right? Snake whi- got a oh. snake whip, and it had um, off eBay. And it had a, it was a snake whip, and it had a snakehead hitch on it, and I was like, "That's the coolest thing ever." And, <laughs> but yeah, anyways. All right, so oh, I love it, man. We're we, starting I, in, it's just like an Ouroboros. Absolutely, it really is, and I, I, I could talk to you all night, and I, I do want to be respectful of your time. Um, I've enjoyed it. this, <laughs> but yeah, we'll have to do this again, and yeah, uh, I look, I look forward to it. So thank you, and thank you, everybody else, for, for listening. And if you have any questions, you can post it in the comments on this video or send us a message or order a whip from Blake. That's what you need to do. Yes. Please <laughs> All do. right. Have a good night. All right, you too, Christian. Thank you. And now for the bonus section of the audio podcast, the uh, what we thought was lost to the technology gremlins. The first episode, the first one, well, the first section of the episode that we thought was completely corrupted, and the reason we had to start over. So enjoy this little bit. There are a few unique tidbits in there. But anyways, I ordered one, and a couple months later, like I got it. It might have been like uh, two hundred dollars or something, which is a lot okay. of money for me at that time. Yeah, it's probably about ten years old. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of money. <clears throat> my uh, my little brother ordered a. Uh, a a Joe strain whip when he was probably 12 and mm-hmm. because he was the same thing, super into Indiana Jones and we had to wait. Oh, I forget how long, well over a year <laughs> for him to get around to it. Mm-hmm. But that was a lot of money for us as kids. But uh, that, wow. that, that's what really a lucky kid to have a Joe strain whip. Right. Yeah. We didn't even know. We just like, that's, that's the guy. So mm-hmm. that's who we're going to talk to. But yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, I didn't. So I, I found out about, Joe Strain a little bit later on, um, and I had known about him, and as well as like David Morgan, and um, I think I, I contacted him and wanted to get a, um, I think it was an eight foot snake whip, sixteen plat. I think he quoted me eight hundred dollars for it. Wow! And um, 
which is about what I would charge now, actually. <laughs> it's sad that the prices haven't gone up since then. But, um, and I was like, oh, that's too much money. I don't think I can afford that. So I, this is a story. I, I, I may have told you this story before, but this is like a story I tell everybody is like, I couldn't afford that. So I was like, I'll just buy some kangaroo leather and make one myself. And um, I had already been making nylon whips for a while. And, and uh, I, so, you know, I made a whip and it was like, oh, it's not good. I made another whip. Oh, it's not good. And after, you know, so on and so on, after about $800 worth of kangaroo <laughs> leather, I had like a decent whip, nothing like a Joe Strain whip. But, um, and uh, I think that whip actually oh you still got it nice right here because I, I really like the Catwoman whips and i was trying to go for that sort of oh design. that's nice yeah and i didn't know how to taper the strands or i wasn't i should say i wasn't confident in tapering the strands mm -hmm. so i just made a ton of three millimeter lace and so this there's no bolsters in this it's just like four bellies of all three millimeter lace. wow <laughs> and um but yeah, it's still my girlfriend's favorite whip, but it's, it works pretty well. The transition kind of got a little bendy right there. Yeah. That's really cool. How long ago was, was that, you think? That, uh, to, uh, that was around like 2015 when I made that one. Wow. Okay. I had been making nylon whips, just kind of like dabbling with it since maybe 2009, 2010. Okay. Um, so for leather whip making, you're coming up on your 10 year anniversary then next year. If that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. That's yeah. your, your work certainly, certainly shows. Uh, it was, seems like it's been longer, you know, it's weird. <laughs> but. Yeah, clearly it's been a lifelong passion and uh, truly an expression of, of your artistic talent there. Um, oh yeah. My, uh, my, uh, grandfather this guy that he worked with he called me lash larue <laughs> <laughs> nice. that was always i don't know if people remember who lash larue was but it's like a tv show a long time ago right <laughs> yeah i mean i think was it might have been on your website you said something about heirloom quality whips mm -hmm. um well, what does that mean to you when, when you're making a whip that it'll it'll last forever, or that it's something people want to hand down. What, you what know, I think that that's definitely subjective to like how much people take care of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and you know how much they use it. For, for one, I mean, but uh, you know, I think that um, I think what I say on there is I use like the same tried and true techniques that like ensure heirloom quality. So like, hmm. you know, it, if it's made this way, it should last a lifetime. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Which, I mean, good leather should, but, if it's taken care of, but these days people are living to be pretty old. So, yeah. but you know, that's kind of like, uh, if I make them a whip that'll last a lifetime, like, are they going to want to buy another one? You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Should I have some planned obsolescence here or something? It's self no, I think like ten years. I don't know anything less than than that would just I wouldn't feel very uh, you know good about myself if I let a whip go out into a world that I didn't think would last a very long time because I don't want to ever have to see it again. I don't want them to send it back to me. Yeah, the tip broke off, fall slipped off the end, or something like that, or you know. <clears throat> so I don't 
I think there was one whip, like a very like early on when I was still selling whips on Etsy, or I guess I'm still selling whips on Etsy. But I, when I first started selling, it was like eBay, then Etsy. Um, I sold like one, and it ended up like it had to come back for some from some repairs. Um, oh, that must have. But that's must have hurt. So far, that's bit. the only one. Yeah, it was, then that's when I realized like. Well, can't do it that way from now on. <laughs> so you learn from your mistakes. Like, like, like what? What was it? What was it about that? You think? Um, uh, yeah. So uh, I didn't. You know, back then there wasn't a whole lot of information, and you know, it it except the books, um, like Ron Edwards, How to Make Whips, mm-hmm. Bruce Grant. Those are the you know um, David Morgan books. Those are the only ones that I had to like. Uh, you know, reference. And then at that time, like, I think, uh, that was around the time there were like Nick Schrader and Bernie's videos were like, right. Yeah. I was going to say Bernie's stuff. And so, you know, the, other than like a couple little small David Morgan videos, that was pretty much all I could really find on the internet. Um, wow. at that time about like how to make whips. So yeah, what, what ended up happening is, um, this, so the strands, like right before the fall hitch, I would just cut them off right before the, f- the fall hitch. And I didn't realize that the strands need to pass underneath the fall hitch and become either become part of the fall hitch or pass underneath it and, you know, come out the end. The previous belly you're talking um, about or the, the the other strands you're hitching? The the, the core, yeah, yeah the belly, okay. or just the core strands at the end. Yeah, I, I've seen different uh, schools of thought, especially in the, the nylon so yeah, coming from nylon, yeah, you don't have to do that in nylon, but still probably a good idea to do it, you know, maybe. But, I mean, it certainly so, would bring the weight out there. And in the really thin kangaroo, if you come down to four mm-hmm. or uh, even an eight point, you're still not going to have a ton of weight without a little bit of core in there. Yeah, you definitely need, in my opinion anyways, you need a at least two strands in the core. I mean... I guess it depends on how thick they are. I think most of the Indiana Jones whips, you know, they end with mm-hmm. two strands in the core. They're, it's usually like the last two drop strands when you go from eight to six flat. Those kind of poke out the end. And um, if you count all the ends on the, you know, the loose ends after the hitch, right. you know, it's usually eight, not six. Um, but in the in the Terry Jacko ones, like the way he did it, is he let all the like the core strands and the overlay strands, like they all become part of the hitch. Right. So you, giving that, that a tassel look almost on the end there. Yeah. Even it's like a longer hitch. Wow. That's, <clears throat> um, what do you do for, uh, I, I call it self-educate. So like when you're wanting to, well, develop a new set of a snake eating a, an egg, what, what are we going to have a snake eating next? Snake eating a bird knot. <laughs> so what what would you do? Um, what, what is it? Maybe. That would be cool. Maybe a bird coming out of the egg. That the snake oh, that, see? Now, now we're talking. <laughs> Hatching. What, so what, what do you, what is your process for, like, learning new knots, developing some of these? I mean, honestly, I mean, you're breaking ground in, a, in many ways to me. I, I don't know. Maybe other people have done this. I have never seen anything like it. What, what, what um, do you do? process uh so i guess it kind of just starts with like it's kind of like a song when i write a song it's just like an idea mm-hmm. or like maybe uh 
a vision if you you know like a, a dream or something like that or is it more like never seen that before i don't know there's probably a reason why no one's ever done that before it's kind of like things you have to fight and be like oh i don't know if it can be done and then so so what i do is um be right back this is a good example when i'm like i don't know if it can be done or not um i try it out and um this is nylon oh, that's cool around. and uh and I test it on nylon, so I have that one, and then like. So it's like that was like. Eventually, I usually I'll like take it apart and like reuse the nylon. But um, this is for some whips I made, Adam. This is how I figured out how to do this. Oh, the spiral. Oh, yeah. So there's like, I forget, forget what this is called. But anyways, there's like a bunch of strands just like going this way, and there's one that spirals around this way and then this is a whole different interweave that like locks into that so that's how i figured out how to do that um wow yeah i, I saw the one that you the one, pair that you made for adam actually you reposted about that recently um yeah it was like a re, reunion like facebook uh not reunion what's it called uh, the, the memory thing that comes back yeah yeah memories yeah but yeah, it was an alternating color of that ridge that went up around the black there that was and it was so is that actually woven into it or is it laid on top of it yeah yeah it's basically like a flat braid that's um it's a crocodile ridge flat braid that's actually like weaved into the layer like underneath it so it um, so, like so you're braiding on. it kind of on top but biting it almost biting into mm -hmm. the the underlay as you go yeah and um they do that a lot and um Argentinian, well, not, I shouldn't say Argentinian, but in raw hiding. Um, I feel ah, like Argentinians yes. are kind of like the, you know, the, um, like the best rawhide braiders in the world, probably, in my opinion. And um, you see a lot of like <clears throat> interweaves like that, um, or at least it looks like it's interweaved where there's like ridges and stuff like that. And man, that stuff's amazing to me. I don't even. I'd like to get into doing the rawhide, but, uh, and I have done some, but it's, um, it's like a, it's like going from, it's as big a jump as going from nylon to kangaroo. Oh, wow. You know, it's like going from kangaroo to rawhide. It's, it's like that much different for, you know, it's just, I mean, it's still leather, I guess, but you know, it's, uh, and keeping it the proper moisture and dealing with it, um, getting it all cut yeah, properly. It's, yeah, it's there's a, it's like a whole new skill set you have to learn. But yeah, there's a there's a lot of really good stuff. Come on, my cat wants to come in here. No, oh, Beatrix, on. right? Yeah, yeah. I have to add her to the guest list here. So <laughs> the uh, there she is. <laughs> oh, there she is. Hey, you're famous. Oh yeah. To, to her, to her, I am. Uh, a world famous professional cat toy maker. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a few pictures you posted that are just adorable of her rolling around in various strands. That's it's always entertaining to see. Yeah. Luckily, she doesn't like to chew the kangaroo leather, but she loves to chew like the fall leathers. You know, like the, yeah. You, you find that's <clears> helpful <throat> having her in the shop while you're trying to work through a, you know, an eight foot overlay or something. Um, yeah, normally she just kind of like, 
sits around and like gives herself a bath or just like watches me or um, you know takes a nap or something but i call her the quality control after a test of whip she does this thing when i crack a whip where she goes blake i gotta stop you for just a second here our recording has crashed oh no yeah i'm so sorry hang on oh man that's okay. So there you have it. You got to meet Beatrix, and you got to hear a little bit of the lost episode segment there. Hopefully you enjoyed it, and thank you all once again for listening to this episode of the Whip Chat Podcast. If you would like to help support the show, please reach out, and uh, any help would be would be appreciated. I can be found over at whipchatpodcast.com slash donate. And I have a donate button. I'm building up the rest of the website with other useful information. But uh, whipchatpodcast.com slash donate. And you can do your part to help out the show. And hopefully keep more uh, episodes coming. It'll, it'll go a long ways to help make that happen. Thank you all once again for listening and for putting up with the uh, technical difficulties we had in this episode. But uh, it came all together, and hopefully you all enjoyed it. Please let me know what you think, either on Facebook or on uh, iTunes Review or YouTube comments, all those good things. And uh, I will see you all around, and everyone keep on cracking.